Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 20th of November. We're just rolling along. I mean, in another what is it? When is Thanksgiving is the 28th. So we still have like another week to go. However, after that, we're talking Christmas and New Year's again. So that's just crazy. But um, thank you guys. I missed you guys Monday and Tuesday of this week. The surgery in our family went well. It's never easy after. It's like that day of surgery, you, you gear up for it and then you forget about all the work that comes with the day after. But anyway, We made it through. Things are looking good, so I'm happy about that. Um, So while all this was going on in our lives, I went on this writing rampage of our ego. And I, I had to realize, you know, talking to people, dealing with myself, having thoughts that I'm like, where the heck did that come from? Even though it sounded great. And I may have thought, yeah, but, and and that, but the, but that would either hurt people, hurt me, hurt the situation. Where do those thoughts come from? And how do those thoughts fight you? to get into your life because that's what ego does. It's trying to buy real estate in our brains, in our minds, in our hearts. It can't fight our soul. And that's why Christ starts there with us. He starts with the deepest part of us. You can call it whatever you want. Some people say we don't have souls and we don't have, I don't care what the word is. There's a part of us that connects to home and that part of us ego can't fight with. So when seeing Christ started the whole self-accounting thing that prior to Christ I'd never heard of, I just thought of my intentions a lot prior to seeing him because my mom used to talk to me about it, but I never really heard self-accounting. Now we say it a lot, but 18 years ago, no one was saying anything. And so when I heard that, I thought, oh, okay. But I didn't know what that actually felt like in real life. I didn't know how much of my thinking was ego. Ego isn't just the person that's out there flashing their new car. That's a different, whole different animal. But ego is the average Joe who's walking around this earth, Joe or Jane, walking around this earth. They're trying to do their best. They think they're doing everything right. And then ego comes up with some cockamamie plan to make you feel like you would be loved cared for, all the things you want, but the way it goes about you getting it is the trap. 
Well, if you just do this, the minute you start thinking things like, no one will ever know. Well, I won't tell them that part. It's just the white lie. Well, once I get what I want, I'll straighten up my act. Is this addressing a poor me scenario in my brain? Well, you know, nobody ever pays attention to me. Nobody loves me. You know, every time I hear that, it just cringes my insides. Because now I know that the person saying that is stuck in their whole recording of their life. And that that part just keeps replaying, right? And I've been there, done that. And I had to realize that, you know, my parents were really strict. We couldn't do anything. I didn't see a lot of stuff in my life that a lot of people saw that were my peers. Not a lot of people, but in my brain, a lot of people were way ahead of me because I couldn't participate in life as I wanted to. But I had to get over that story because everybody has a challenge. And as a kid, you know, we're looking at what we don't have instead of what we do have. And ego has free range because once we hit puberty, we start to feel and see differently. So how does ego come into your relationships? You're finally somewhere you want to be. And we are really vulnerable in a relationship because we want to be our best. We want the other person to be their best. And we want to grow that best into a bigger, a bigger world for the two of us. And then we get in and something in our mind says, oh, we won't tell them about that. Oh, I'll just do that on my own. Oh, wow, there's a cute coworker over there. Oh, but I'm married. Oh, my marriage is in my way. Oh, it's okay if I spend a little bit more money here. I know it'll throw us off budget, but I'll make it up. I'll put the money back in before anything is noticed without a plan of where that's going to come from. Things that would happen every day in our life that just being aware of that voice can stop the ego from entering to be that third person in your relationship. You want that third person in your relationship to be truth, love, and purity because then you have nothing to worry about. But if we're constantly fighting this ego that keeps trying to pull you out of where you are, well, this person may have been better for you. Look at how perfect they are. This job would be better for you, even though it's farther away and pays you less. Or don't go back to school and educate yourself. Or don't do this. for If he doesn't pick up the trash, get in a fight with him, just wait for him, see if he does it. Little things like that, the ego just tugs at any kind of vulnerability you have, whether it's where you're at in your work, whether it's where you're at in your home, whether it's where you're at in your relationship. It always has this great plan. 
except the when you get caught plan, because now trust will be eroded in you because it will already be proven to you and the other person that ego actually has an opportunity to win, which is really what we get mad at. Because if ego wins, then we, we, we feel okay to lie. We feel okay to hide something. We feel okay to fight for it. We feel okay to deny it. It just goes on and on and on. The track of ego is predictable. So as I was writing, I just put, and I, I'm going to quote what I wrote, I simply feel that the power of how intoxicating our ego makes us feel and wants us to comply with its antics. It can destroy and minimize current happiness for what we perceive as a future of happiness. And that's the part. We minimize current happiness for a future of happiness. Didn't we want to be happy? And here we are happy. And ego comes in with some cockamamie plan of getting mad at, distancing, not telling, not sharing with your partner and tells you you're going to be happy. Instead of saying, I'm already happy, this is what I wanted, what future happiness is going to be better than the fact that you're already happy? Because if you don't think today is happy and you have all your ducks in a row in your mind and in your heart and in your soul, Tomorrow is not going to be any better because the brain is saying, I'm not happy yet. I will be happier in the future. And that's the chasing your tail happiness. That's not the real happiness. What we are doing today, whatever it is, whether we listen to ego, find it okay to lie, find it okay to deny, find it okay to say it's okay to do things that take away from our relationship. It's because we allowed it to take care, take away from us, right? Then that's what we're going to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the day after that. But if we say things like, I'm really happy, already why am I thinking that where did that thought come from oh my gosh ego's got some really good voices that when I hear it I really believe it's me but then the fact that I have to question it I kind of know it's not me but boy it's really close because I do want that Ego stays here. Ego stays here. Doesn't go anywhere. It stays in the picture. It stays on earth. When we leave, we don't need our egos anymore because now we're, we're void of anything negative. So if it stays here, why not find a way to keep it out of you too? Because there's something interesting that Christ said about the ego. And he said, 
Ego is a backward door to looking for love, recognition, trust, truth of our desires. Desires overriding truth and the acceptance of all things that backtrack away to love rather than a walk forward to pure love. Ego takes injured love, injured love, and uses it against the injured soul. It takes the fallen and gives them a deeper fall. And then a longer road to pure love as it single-handedly takes a soul and puts it in despair of its feelings. Think about that. A back door to love. It takes what we want, which is love, and it makes us go around the block to cross the street. Ego is a teacher, not a destination. It's a teacher, not a destination. Think about that. Every time you have a thought that feels too good to be true, a grandiose thought about how horrible you are or how great you are over and above what everybody else knows. I get a lot of competitors like that. I'm not competing with them, but they're competing with me. And I didn't understand that that's what was going on before. I did not understand why I was getting turned off from the way they were speaking to me. And it was because it was their ego speaking to me, not pure love. They were telling me it was pure love, but the fact that they actually had to tell me it was pure love was even the scarier part because they needed to preface it in a box prior to saying whatever it was they wanted to say. And no matter what I said, they were going to fight me because they were competing. And then at the end of the day, it was like, well, who, who do you think you are? You thought Christ. I'm like, I don't know. A woman who saw Christ. That's who I think I am because that's actually who I am. Doesn't mean anything bigger than anything else we do. It's just that seeing him comes loaded with messages that can be shared and it does answer a lot of questions that I've had all my life and it will find the people who probably had those same questions and it will make sense to them maybe not to everybody but to those who had those questions so here we are we grow up and we go into relationships and we get in there and Ego tries to make you sick of the person's routine, what they do. Oh, I knew he was going to do that. Well, of course you knew. You see that person every day. Why do you have to get sick of it? You have to backtrack and say, instead of, wow, that's so predictable. 
wow, I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to do that. You turn it around because awareness is the theme of this year. And you say, that's what I love about him. It gives me comfort to see his or her routine. It gives me comfort to know what they're going to say. That's why I'm here. That's what I had been looking for, was that very comfort. Where did that voice come from that lacked empathy and allows me to want to look at the person I chose to be with as someone I feel contempt for. Why am I doing that? Because this has nothing to do with them. They don't even know what's going on in your head. And you are not sharing that because that would be a fight. But then you end up getting in other arguments and disagreements and fights because that contempt makes you roll your eyes, makes anything they say or do become a point of contention. Well, you always do that. Well, I knew you were going to say that. Well, yeah. That's called being close to someone. But ego is never, ever full. It will always be starving. It will always want what's not in our best interest. And it will always, always, always have that entrance plan to get you in. It will pull on your insecurities. It will pull on your injuries. It will pull on your perceptions, your deepest desires to be loved and turn them into a caricature of you. And then it even tells you how to display behaviors that will get you that love you want. And then it tells you no one will ever know. And if they do, who cares? It takes away our ability to look each other in the eyes to no longer feel like we have nothing to hide. It brings to light our greatest insecurity and takes it. Takes it on the road to greater insecurity, if you could imagine. The ego hits the souls that do not have narcissistic traits as well. It's an equal opportunity finder of souls. It will keep looking until it has a taker and then it will take you down that road where one day you're going to have to go back to the fork in the road and repave it with love. Our egos aren't a bad thing. It is a great barometer to show you how much you've grown. So let's say you are in your relationship and you have a disagreement. Would it hurt to say, oh, wow, we don't agree on this. 
when you have a minute, we can talk about it. And just go on and do what you were doing. Or do you say, we have to talk. You are doing this again. If you continue to do this, it's over. Which would you rather hear? One comes from safety, understanding, compassion, knowing that things are going to show up. I don't care how well two people think they're getting along. They're going to come to a point where they disagree on something. And if they just have a way to deal with it, it's a non-event. If everything has to be a drama to play out our hurts and our pains and our expectations and us feeling let down and how everybody does this to you, then every time you argue, that security that you were looking for in the first place is gone because at any given moment, you guys are going to break up, break off, divorce over a disagreement. And if it's not this one, it may be one in the future. Think about that. Whatever is hurt in us is what ego speaks to because it knows what hurts you. It's a long road to pure love if you can even get there because there are people that are still listening to it in my age group They're kind of trying to fight it. And when people tell me they're fighting themselves, it's really hard to get on track. I know it's because the balance between ego and them addressing their injuries is off. We can address our injuries without ego. When the best way to see your ego is in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, partnership, the way you act at work, we're the same everywhere we go. And sometimes we even position people in different places in our lives for us to work on this injury, work on that injury, want to heal this or want to heal that. But if we're going to fight the people we sought, we're going to stay with our injuries. Because we're fighting for the injury, not for love. The beauty of dealing with other people and why do we need each other, why do we even have relationships, is that the love that we feel, the great hope is that it's strong enough for us to admit when we are not doing our best. When we are not in our best nature. And it's not even the conversation we have with the other person. It's the conversation we have with ourselves. Like, wow, is me planning to do that going to help or hurt my relationship? Well, it couldn't hurt. Nobody will ever know. Just my thoughts. Well, thoughts are things. And it's going to start to show in how you care. It's going to start to show in what you're willing to do for the relationship. It's going to start to show in that little movement 
of energy that precedes words that detaches itself. Because now you do have something to hide. Might not even be a big thing, but hiding is hiding is hiding. If you could take a deep breath down to your toes and say, I am really happy to be where I'm at. I'm really grateful that I am where I'm at today. You will be able to say that tomorrow. That is your future. Recognizing that, oh, wow, I'm looking for love by being sick all the time. That's one way. By complaining about how the world has wronged me all the time. That's another way. By living on the sad story of how we were raised. Another way. By saying that everybody gets what they want but me. Another way. Those are all robbers without a gun. They will take away your chance, your opportunity for love because they are a huge wedge. You may get sympathy. You may get loyalty because somehow you you got that person to feel like they have to take care of you. None of that is pure love. What we did, in essence, is forced the people that we sought in our lives to answer to our injuries, which means none of us are going to grow. I can't tell you how many couples I met, and yeah, they just look normal. They're talking normal. They're doing what they're doing, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, she can't eat that. She can't have that. She gets a reaction to this. She can't watch that. She can't. And it's like this whole list. It's like, wow, did you guys get invested in everything you can't do? You guys invested in everything that can't happen. That takes a lot of energy to do it. Ego makes us feel like it's our idea. It draws on our past experiences for that internal self-incrimination of past experiences that we feel insecure about. And it leads us to believe we will be more secure as a result of listening to its plan. It takes away our ability to look the world in the eyes. I can't tell you how many times I have gone to speak to a group of people, a group, not one person or two people. And one person in that group who may have needed their share of attention, personal attention, will openly say, Well, you don't pay attention to everybody. You're not paying attention to me. And I'm in a group because they're so stuck in their brain, so stuck in that ego telling them nobody loves them, nobody pays attention to them, that they don't even realize they're in a group and they don't realize that you're busy. 
with the group. But it taught me a lot about the domino effect that leaves so many fallen dominoes when the ego is allowed in the picture. And it's going to happen, and it's our job to be aware enough that that's what's happening. Our relationships are great reflections to say, well, why am I asking for that? Why isn't that person asking for that? Questioning ourselves, questioning that voice, pulling out all of the little ins and outs of how the ego was getting in is directly addressing the insecurities that it knows you will listen to. So instead of listening to it, you got to say, wow, I must be hurting there. I must be missing something there. I better address the issue as opposed to listening to ego's plan because it's going to have a plan. Well, if you do this, then you'll know if they love you. If they give you this, then you'll know if they love you. It's like a woman waiting for someone to, to propose to them in a way they've always dreamed of, but they never told the other person what it was. And if they don't do it, they're in trouble because they're not the perfect person. That's how elusive ego is. Don't tell anyone your plan, but make sure that they do what you need. And if they don't, you better give them a piece of your mind. No exit plan other than the fact that the guy may run away. Crazy, huh? Think about ego. Be aware of its voice. We have Dream Team Thursday tomorrow. I will see you then. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.